0: Hey guys and welcome to episode number 7 of the Surf Coast Creators Podcast. Cannot believe we're at number 7 already with me today, hostess with the hostess. Jess, welcome
1: Jess. Thanks Ben, good to be here.
0: Alright, to have you as always. So today's podcast we talk about business mindset, creativity and all the rest. We talk to creative people and entrepreneurs all up and down the surf coast. We've got a really special guest today, a female artist and mum, working mum. Can't wait to hear her story today. Welcome, Alison White. Thanks, Ben. Great to have you here. So, White in Colour is your brand. Do yep. you want to give our listeners a quick rundown of exactly what you do and what you're all about?
2: Um, well...
0: In 30 seconds. In 30 seconds,
2: <laughs> yeah, just shoot. Um, I'm a mum of two wonderful little boys. Uh, I'm a graphic designer by trade and I'm now a painter as well.
0: A painter as Mm. well. So, what are your boys' names? Artist. (laughs) Artist. What are your boys' names?
2: Uh, Jarrah is my eldest. He's five, and Frankie, who is four.
0: Jarrah and Frankie. So, white and colour is your brand. Where does the inspiration come for your brand and your philosophy behind art? And is it something you've done for a long, long time, or is this something you've just discovered as an adult?
2: Um, I've always been creative. I think. for as long as I can remember. My brand itself, I don't know, I guess my brand's a reflection of me. So I guess I didn't put too much effort into that as such. But my brand name, my surname is White, I'm Alison White, so White and Colour Mm was obviously, strangely enough, took me a while to come up with. (laughs) Um, But as a graphic designer and a, a freelancer who's worked in the industry for quite a few years showing my age um, it was years actually before I had a brand name or a logo for myself because that's what us creatives do I guess we put off yeah. things for ourselves um, we're our own worst critic or hardest critic so I eventually came up yeah with with the brand and the logo of, of white and color and uh, as a designer and then um, as I kind of branched out and continued with my painting, I, I just continue, continued with that because it was a good reflection of what I represented, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a very distinctive brand, the white in colour. So if you look it up on Instagram, is it just white in colour? Yes. Lo and behold, white in colour. Um, yeah, it's quite a distinctive brand. So the white on the black. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to your creativity and your discovery of creativity so this has been a thing for you for from a very very young age
2: yeah yeah absolutely and where um, did you
0: grow up and the rest as well
2: i grew up in the country so i grew up in a small let's not call it a town <laughs> <laughs> let's say a community called barring up which is near maldon yep um, in central victoria um, and Growing up there, yeah, even I think I have memories from kinder where I just love to paint and actually, funnily enough, my kinder teacher called my parents in one day and like spoke to them about all my artwork and pulled it all aside and said she's wow. got a very big understanding on... On colors and the way they work, and foregrounds and backgrounds and landscapes, and as as a kid, so uh, I was actually published as a four year old because really? she wrote a book and she has oh wow. some of my artwork there, which I forgot about till now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I should reintroduce Alison White, published artist. Oh yes. at Age four. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mind you, I think there were a lot of other kids there as well. I was just part of it.
0: <laughs> and for those who who haven't seen your artwork, of been a big follower of your stuff on instagram and social for for a couple of years but just for our listeners out there how would you describe your artwork
2: um it's so it's such a weird thing when i get asked this because i feel like it's such a wanky arty way to describe <laughs> it it's like contemporary abstract uh expressionist which is very true uh technically speaking i guess but um it's such it, it's really varied because I love to continue to explore my creativity and, and who I am. I'm definitely haven't established a specific style just yet. Like I think, I feel like I'll forever be exploring because I just, I, I love to experiment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is abstract and it is colorful and it is just kind of whatever it is to me in the heat of the moment if that makes sense i don't know if that's an explanation or
0: not so yeah it's it's good always good i think to get creative people's description of their own work because it paints a different picture sometimes i think yeah i I read a description on your website and it did say something like contemporary abstraction and all the rest and it kind of as a as a non-artist you kind of it doesn't really register until you actually look at your stuff but then once you've looked at your some of your work, it does does register. Yeah. Um, Lots of bright colours, funky colours.
2: Lots of bright colours. Um, And again, it's not always intended that way. It just kind of whatever unfolds. Um, And I I assume, obviously, a lot of it's probably got to do with emotions and whatever you're feeling at the time or whatever your state of mind is going through. I've got a piece at the moment that I just can't pull together. And every time I look at it, I'm like, ugh this is just so much going on it's just it's just a mess of color on it there's it's so busy I'm like then I kind of have a bit of a think about myself and think well I guess that's a reflection of my state of mind at the moment
0: (laughs) and you can look back through the archives and kind of see that your emotions in your artwork uh, I find that you, yeah. you can do that with photography. You can look through your Instagram feed and you're like, "Geez, I had some dark moments you know, back in May last yeah. year." Same as an artist.
2: I find I can see it in other people's artwork more than my own. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's because I'm just too close to mine. Maybe I will with time with mine. And definitely note. I can definitely notice the periods in my artwork, like how I've evolved or changed um with my time uh but there's other artworks for instance I had a friend contact me about um a lady we followed both on Instagram and she was saying you know I don't know what's happened with her work I used to love it it's so different now like she had a really kind of soft pinky um, musk palettes and things like that and now she's gone very dark and lots of blacks and and she's like it's just so unusual for what she does and I said well it, I, I would think that perhaps she's perhaps had a bit of a traumatic time, or mm-hmm. had you know a bit of a negative mind space for the last little while. And it was an exhibition that she'd done, and then my friend did a bit of digging, and she's like, "Yeah, well, she's just separated from her husband,
1: oh, um, and she's oh, just go. gone
2: through this um, this loss." And I'm like, mm, well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's for me looking at other people's. I don't know if yeah, maybe you so need that separation to be able to see somebody else's yeah.
0: like an objective point of view."
2: Yeah. Maybe. Do you
0: do you see social media as an important communication tool to get oh, your absolutely. artwork out there, and or are you of the view that it's you know it's a bit of a hindrance to art and um, the purity of artwork? Without,
2: it, both, 100% both. It's been fabulous for me, and there's no way I would be where I am now without it. Um, because when I've started painting again, so it wasn't until. Well, after I had my first child um, that I started painting again properly. Um, and without that platform, I w- nobody would ever have known that I was painting again. I yeah, would never yeah. have been out there. It was actually a really big hurdle for me um, to put my first painting on Instagram, um, facing a bit of a fear, I guess, as we all have. Right. Um, so definitely like it's been amazing i mean instagram is fabulous for that sort of thing um but of course it has its downfalls as well its pitfalls and and like all social media (laughs) like all technology has to us so it's kind of a double-edged sword
0: for me yeah yeah there's the good parts and the bad parts that's for sure when it comes to social media i mean it's, it's so good when you use it in a way that you are to, you know, show your artwork and then for photographers that we've had on to show their work and then guys like Alan Emo, they can show the custom made timber beds and how magnificent they come up. So mm. from that point of view, magnificent. But yeah, the when you get into teenage bullying and, you know, the pressure on young adults and young mm. women, females especially, and yeah, it can get, get out of hand quite quickly. So grew up in up. Did your parents encourage you to move down the path of art? Um, I
2: guess my parents were very encouraging of anything I wanted to do, I guess, um, which which is fabulous. But yeah, well they did, they did, because I ended up going to um, a school over in Ballarat, and I had to go and um, board and, and do like travel a long way to get there. And um, essentially the reason they ended up sending me there is because they knew that I had such an interest in art and the school that I was at previously kind of had one art room and a teacher that I didn't always see eye to eye with. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they noticed that this other school kind of had this entire wing full of like amazing um, art rooms and there, there was just so much scope to kind of do anything you wanted to there
3: yeah.
2: Um, so yeah so yes very much so I guess it to your question like as a as a teenager they were very encouraging of it
0: so if you wanted to be a doctor astronaut anything your parents would have encouraged you yeah absolutely
2: yeah, yeah. no I was very lucky like that um yeah lots of support from them
0: and they're still a big influence on you today
2: uh, yes, they are. I mean, it's funnily enough, I don't think either of them are that creative. I mean, <laughs> Mum loves to knit, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, they're very creative. Oh, very sorry, very encouraging of me, which is which is wonderful. I mean, yeah. Mum's probably at times my cheers me along the most, and yeah. um, she loves to kind of try and interpret my paintings and what exactly is going on here. And, <laughs>
0: What is oh, happening with that contemporary you know, abstraction? What, what, it,
2: what I see, Alison, <laughs> is a fire burning in the background and campers sitting. I was that wonderful. <laughs> well, that's
0: the best thing about art, isn't it? Like some of it's open to interpretation.
2: Absolutely. It not actually it.
0: reminds yeah. me of um, Tal Lemon's episode two ocean photographer. He took a photo of, he called it the apex, and he entered into a competition, won an international award in Vienna for this photo, a particular photo. And it was open to interpretation, like it was a wave that sort of peaked out and quite, um, I wouldn't say it's unusual, but it's just, um, it takes a lot of skill to get that shot in that particular mm. moment. But a lot of people thought it was a mountain. Yeah. Um, mm. Even the judges said, you know, it's kind of resembles a mountain in Iceland and all sorts of different yep. inspirations. So it is open to interpretation.
2: Absolutely. And I found that actually just today. Uh, I've been in discussions with some people about it, a current painting that I've got going on, and um, they asked to see a photograph of it, and they said, "Oh, you've got a you've painted bird in the middle." I'm like, oh,
0: have I really? I?
2: have <laughs> I just? <laughs> and um, somebody else that I was also interested in the painting uh, looked at it the other day and said, "Oh, I see a frog um, oh, up wow. in the top corner," and I'm like, "Yeah." So I just I love hearing what other people see in a painting yeah. that I didn't necessarily intend to have there. Yeah. Um I have a lady who is now a dear friend and a collector uh, who has bought a number of paintings off me and one of the paintings she saw and instantly fell in love with and uh, she does a lot of work over in Timor. And uh, Timor uh, or the, some of the cultural um, communities like have different shapes and, um symbols for different beliefs and um there's a very prominent uh shape apparently that um is throughout the communities and i had painted it in this painting and it was the most prominent feature in my painting and i of course had no idea about it and had never seen it and she just straight away was like you've got that, that symbol, yeah. right in the middle of it, like I have to have it. And you did <laughs> okay. not,
0: did not know of any of this.
2: No, no, and no, there's, right. there's a, I've got a number of stories like that actually, which <laughs> for me it just, it just makes sense. Like it just comes around, and I feel like that painting was for them, yep. um, and yep. that it's really was, was meant to be theirs. So it's kind of found its home. Yeah. There's been a few times where um, paintings haven't sold. For different reasons and there's some that when I kind of initially paint them I, I had this yeah this is this is going to be a good mm. one this is going to be popular and it gets a lot of interest and then doesn't sell for whatever reason and I think oh well that's just the nature of things and then maybe yeah. six months or a year later I've had someone contact me and um, oh, I really love this piece but obviously it's sold now can you paint me another one like, well no it's actually still available yeah but yeah what
0: it's actually in the back shed
2: yeah <laughs> and um I feel like it's kind of was waiting for them if that makes sense yeah, yeah, it was yeah. meant to be theirs. <laughs> so um, yeah it's really special when those sorts of things happen. Yeah. I had a lady um, whose family bought her a gift certificate or a gift voucher for for a birthday present and she and I had been in contact for quite a while while she was trying to decide what she wanted and she was sending me lots of uh, private messages. I really like this one but you know, maybe not these colours or I like this one or it's a bit bigger and I was willing to do her a commission piece if with something exactly she wanted but she wasn't 100% sure yeah. so she thought she'd just wait and see for one to come up. And I think it was about not quite a year and a half later but almost a year and a half after the voucher um, I put a painting up and it was completely different from anything she thought she liked. It yeah. actually wasn't so much like an abstract contemporary piece. It was a landscape okay. and it was um, based off uh, Pomona, which is like near the Grampians, a small mm-hmm. very country rural town. I know,
0: I know that town very well. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it, it, it brings speeding
0: up- and fine on the way through to the Grampians last year.
2: Yeah. it's um, a good spot. <laughs> September,
0: it was a day like today, you know, beautiful blue sky, sunshine, um, cruising up to the Grampians for, for a day and got done in that little town because it's 63 per month oh, isn't it no. so but it's a magnificent little landscape and
2: yes it's fabulous just thinking
0: about that town I can sort of picture yeah what you're describing
2: yeah and it brings up a lot of uh nostalgia for me because it's very similar to my home yeah so we'd had we'd spend a little bit of time out there and um, I kind of got inspired and did some sketches and things like that so I I painted this very different painting for me I guess and um Ended up putting it up as part of an exhibition I had as a very last minute thing. So I wasn't even sure if I'd include it because it was so different. Anyway, she, um, I put it up online and didn't know what I was going to title it. And I was literally hanging it um, at the exhibition. I was like, mm, I'll just call it Pomonal because that's. And yeah. straight away she messaged me and said, um, is that for sale? That's the one I want. Oh. <laughs> uh, I like, that's so different to everything we spoke about. And she said, I know, but as soon as I saw it, my husband grew up in Pomonal and oh, yeah. um, it just represents everything that we, we miss about home and everything we love. And we've just been speaking about how much we miss it. And then this was posted. Yeah. So I, that's the piece I have to have. Aww. It sounds so, like a
0: cool picture. Yeah. I'll try and get a picture on the blog article accompanying hmm. this um, podcast. But So I grew up in Ballarat uh, boarding school. So boarding school pretty tough for you as a creative and artist or did you find that it was actually good kept, kind of kept you on track and
1: uh,
2: well I didn't I didn't uh, do the traditional boarding as in in the school I actually did some out-of-school boarding so I lived with um, an old lady <laughs> down the road who uh, provided me with board um, the first lady I lived with, wasn't wonderful, so that wasn't great. <laughs> but she was just a bit of a bit of an old um, battle axe. Um,
0: but, uh, going down the path of a traumatic experience, we'll say, <laughs> no, or
2: no, 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 no. Just, I wouldn't just say not, it was traumatic, but just not a fun time. Just not a fun time. Yeah. Um, so then I lived with another lady. who was wonderful, yeah. um, as far as the boarding part of it goes, but.
0: I, I guess. Going up is quite away from Ballarat. like about an hour. Yeah, two.
2: yeah, um, or a little bit more. I was actually living in Carisbrook at that time, which is kind of closer to Maryborough, but yep. it, was, it was a little bit over an hour. Um, yeah, so I they did have a school bus, so I was taking the school bus for the first couple of years. But then getting into VCE, obviously those hours become um, a lot, and yeah. especially with you know I lived kind of in the art wing. Which I was spending a lot of time there, so it just enabled me to stay there a lot. So I spent, you know, a lot of weekends in there yeah. and things. Um, it was fabulous that part of it, like the actual uh, art wing and just being able to paint and create and do anything I want. And um, they had a really good graphic design um, sector as well. So, you know, yeah, for that part of it, it, it was really good. I spent a lot of time there.
0: Yeah, so. Your friends were pretty supportive of what you were doing as well. You had friends in similar situations. They wanted to um no, know, to I think we a streak were all... and they wanted to follow it or they would come from t- completely different paths? I think
2: we all just kind of had different paths to be yeah. honest um, at the time, yeah. and We all just kind of did our own thing. Obviously, um, I guess once I was, yeah, I did, I did find other friends that um, had similar interests, but no, I think we we're all pretty different individuals.
0: And then off to university after that? University graphic design?
2: That's right. I was pretty torn in year 12 between wanting to pursue painting um, but not really thinking, you know, there was much of a career for me in fine arts as such. And that I kind of, the business head of mine thought that I would have a a better chance of a better financial career and successful career as a graphic designer. So Mm. I kind of ended up going down that path. Um, which I still love to this day. I love, yeah. I love my bread and butter, so to speak. I love being a graphic designer, um, and it's actually enabled me to do a lot of amazing things in my life. Like I've, I've travelled quite a lot, and um, being able to work as a graphic designer throughout that. Um, so yeah, but sorry, back. To, I'm just going on a tangent. Back to, <laughs> back to university. I went to, I stayed in Ballarat, yep. and did my uh, degree there. The yeah, University
0: cool. of Ballarat. And quite a good graphic design course in Ballarat too, isn't it? It's yeah. quite uh, renowned in, in, within Victoria anyway, isn't it? Yep.
2: It's hardcore.
0: And... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is. There was, uh, well, when we did it anyway, I've got no idea what it's like these days, but um, it's very, yeah, it's pretty, pretty um, very hands-on, uh, a lot of hours and they just really drive you hard, I think, to prepare you for the outside world, if that makes sense. So I think they figured, or at the time, they figured that if you, um, if they threw everything at you, that you might have a bit of a chance to be prepared for, for what you get. Yeah. Just fair timelines and
0: commercial obligations and all the rest.
2: Yeah, um, and to produce really good quality finished work. Um, so we were fortunate that we had like a really good print room and, and lots of uh, different things. Because I, I, when I studied, uh, it was predominantly print design um, with a little bit of multimedia digital thrown into it. That is actually my degree, but we didn't do that much of it because it just wasn't as prominent, yep. which again is showing my age. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just we put in a lot of hours and contact time and, you know, our uh, teachers at the time did things like they'd swatch, uh, flip our time around so instead of having 9 to 5 to for a general day at university, we'd have to do it at night time. So we'd have like midnight to 5 a.m. All right. We'd have to go in and work because that's what you'd be expected to yeah. do in in yeah. an agency like if you had a deadline to meet or, um, that yeah. That sounds cool. And there was just no time for a job, (laughs) even though we needed a job obviously because we were poor uni students. They were like, well, no, you know, this is your priority and bad luck. You can't really work around. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I remember once actually we were in the middle of this crazy, hectic deadline. And um, some of the girls that lived together went to the pub for a meal and they came back to the studio afterwards at night time to finish working. And um, our teacher had overheard that they'd gone to the pub and said, oh, well, you've obviously got too much time. If you can still go out and eat. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. People <laughs> like, take that. what? <laughs>
0: so you couldn't eat, yeah. But um, that's happened.
2: that's just kind of what they expected, I guess. Like I tell yeah. I tell those stories as that's what they, they expected. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: I'm sure there'll be a lot of uni students finishing up. Not uni students, but um, year 12 graduates that are finishing up in the next month or so. What about October? So. Mm-hmm been a hell of a year for students, oh, especially for creatives, them. so I think they'll find that useful to know that Ballarat's a good campus because the other option is, of course, the big city. I don't know if Deakin has a, a good course in graphic design or don't know, but I know that, they, yeah, they converted that old Camp Street mm. precinct, didn't they, in Ballarat, which is quite a historical precinct, and it's got the old law courts there and all the rest, so it's got a bit of a vibe about it, too, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, we it's, it's first. It's not at the old Mount Helen no. campus in no, we oh, were the first year to in be town, in that it's in the
2: city. Yeah. So we were kind of well, were the, the founding year. ones, yes. I guess. <laughs> which again is showing my age because everyone <laughs> now that we go and say, like, That was years ago. Um, yeah, it was actually great. I loved it there because I also worked at the um, art gallery cafe, which was literally oh, yeah. just across yeah. the the concrete area. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really handy for me.
0: Just near the chips and gravy joint too. Yes, <laughs> yeah. The, the pubs on what's that street, yes, is it Lydia it was. Street?
2: I'm so bad with my all street. All pubs names and clubs there. and all the rest. Yeah, totally. Um, old 21 Arms.
0: Let's <laughs> bring back a few <laughs> memories. Jess, did you see 21 Arms? Jess yeah. is also from Ballarat, and so so is myself.
2: Ah, wonderful. Mm, yep. What about the um, oh, what's it called? It's I used to work there. No chapel. The chapel? The chapel. the chapel? the chapel! I worked at the chapel yeah, yeah. during uni. The
0: chapel on so, Street? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's being converted into apartments now. I, I always imagine? thought
2: it would be fabulous to live in. It was a beautiful I was probably one of the only people that went there sober because yeah. I was working. <laughs> wasn't always sober while I was working. Um, but yeah, I always thought it would be pretty great
0: yeah. to
1: live there.
0: Yeah. And then there's that after uni, that age old conundrum. It came up with Natalie Martin in the first episode. So, very talented artist. Um watercolour artist in that case, and, you know, you, you've got to pay the bills, you've got to get by, don't you? You've got, to, you've got to make a life for yourself. Is there many options out there to go full-time into the arts, or is it just is that just too hard? And you need something like graphic design to sort of yeah, get I, you through?
2: I have found that um, while I've been in Geelong and kind of spreading my wings a little bit with the arts community, there does seem to be a lot of us that are graphic designers. So maybe that's just a natural flow. I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it is it is difficult. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a full-time artist at this stage. Um, I have visions and dreams to be one day. But, um, so definitely
0: a goal. Not so much a goal, but a, definitely a, yeah, a far-off dream there.
2: Absolutely. Um, and it probably took a little while for me to even realise that, that could be a possibility, I guess, Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I kind of was just doing and um, waiting for my kids to get a little bit older, so I could start thinking about where they'd be once I got to school, and then I started thinking about going back to graphic design full-time, and then... Obviously, I'd like to just uh, have a few days, <laughs> a bit of part-time graphic design, so I was keeping my eyes peeled for that sort of thing. And then the more I started thinking and, and looking for different roles, I was like, well, I actually just don't know how to have time because yeah. I'm painting this day and I'm doing that. and I, And then the more I kind of put it all together, I was like, well, perhaps I'm actually already have my part-time job here yeah. by doing this painting and it just kind of came full circle and dawned on me that I'm I'm already doing that yeah yeah so let's just keep doing it because it's it's the dream really
0: a bit of a wake-up call I know that um, you spent a lot of time traveling in Canada and the United Kingdom so did you work before you traveled or you just so I basically
2: when I was in university which was a three-year Degree. I did two years and went, what am I doing? This is crazy. I hate this. And uh, took a year off and traveled around Australia and backpacked as such. Um, and then came back fresh and fancy and <laughs> full of like ideals um, and had my mother saying, you really should just go back and finish that last year. just Just so you've got a degree <laughs> under your belt. Um, so I did that and while I was traveling around Australia, I met some wonderful people, one of which is a good friend from Canada who said, this is great that you're traveling around your own country. I've never traveled around my country. Why don't you come to Canada oh, and, cool. and we'll do some travels?" So I literally down to almost the last day of, uh, university, I didn't even go and attend the ceremonies and everything. Yeah. I just jumped on a plane and went to Canada. And ended up living there for seven years.
0: Seven years. Well, I, yeah. I, just, I didn't even point out at the start of the podcast that we actually know each other. Yeah. Having met in London, we're going to show our age here. Yeah, I don't even know how long ago. <laughs> a while ago. Twelve years ago. No. So the backpacking. I think it's been twelve years. Really? 2000. Maybe it was 2009. Eleven years. My goodness. Let's call it ten years. Oh, we'll round it down old. to ten years. But <laughs> Yeah, but so, met you in the United Kingdom and I had no idea that you traveled for seven years through Canada, so was there a bit of work? And
2: well, let's whatnot. not say traveled that whole time. Um, I uh, ended up settling down there for a little bit. So, and you know, just, just living, met a guy and, yep. um, and stayed there for quite a while doing yep. that. And then after a few years, well, yes, six years, Oh, I can't remember the timeline now. How bad's that? But after about six years of being there, um, I realised that I wasn't quite doing as much of the, the travel that I'd originally set out to yeah. do still after that time because that's what happens when you start living somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that's when I decided to go to London for a year. So, um, yeah, where about I met the you. the
0: time I uh, met you. Yeah, Should during the
2: big... Um, recession there, Oh yeah, the so that was So that was great. The world was, was imploding at the time. Oh my goodness. I think everybody <laughs> that was from Australia was moving back to Australia with all their British pounds yeah. uh, and we were moving over. That's right. It was too, yeah. <laughs> so again, fortunate to um, have my graphic design background because I um, got in with a few agencies there and uh, freelance my way around.
0: I do remember yeah. you getting work almost, was it almost straight away? Well, I actually did some while.
2: work initially with, I forget what it was called, but basically I did some teaching, or yeah. not teaching, I was a, a teacher's assistant, um, which is a TA. That's very their, left field for me. But um,
0: One of their big jobs for Aussie yeah, backpackers. That exactly. Trying to work out what to do.
2: Yeah, but it was actually great. It was very yeah. enlightening and I got to see a lot of like suburban London and like so many um, amazing different cultures. So it was actually great from that perspective. And I actually have a friend still today from one of those teaching positions, which is really good. She's back in Melbourne.
0: Well, that's the best thing about travelling, isn't it? You meet people that you're friends for life. I mean, you lose touch with a few Absolutely. when you're backpacking, especially it's hard to keep in touch with everyone you meet. But Mm. you you end up with some lifelong friends, don't you? Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: And I I wouldn't have met you if I didn't travel to London. So here you are today doing a podcast. Yeah,
2: I know, hey. (laughs)
0: That's so, awesome. And in terms of your artwork, did you do much in Canada or did you put um, it... I did. You said you settle down with a partner and whatnot. Did you kind of put it to the wayside or...
2: Well, I guess, as I said, I've, I've always kind of had that creativity in the background. But I think um, while traveling, obviously, it's not so easy to grab your easel and your canvas and paints and everything out. I've always had... Um, uh, a pad and pencils. I've always travelled with a pencil case and all my coloured pencils. <laughs> yeah.
0: I Do you remember <laughs> um, when you travelled with those pencil and yeah,
2: pencils? Yeah, so I may not always have pulled them out as often as I should have, <laughs> but they were always there in the back of my mind. And I do, I did love a sketch or um, or, or to draw, but I think um, having the graphic design was kind of my outlet for creativity. Yeah. Um, so there was always something there to kind of ignite that that flame, I guess. Um, and as, as much as photography as well, like I've always loved photography and um, that's always kind of kind of there as well, but especially while you're traveling. Yeah. I mean, so many fabulous opportunities to take photos. I have literally thousands, thousands. Yeah. and thousands that I always think one day I'll go through them.
0: Have you printed many? No,
2: I used to actually while I was in Canada, but... Um, I haven't since and then so i finished uh i was only in london for a year because of the whole work thing or the whole um downfall i guess with the economy at the time so i ended up going back to canada yeah, london, and when i went back i um did i started kind of a little bit of painting then yep. um but I forgot, then
0: I forgot that you went back
2: yeah, yeah but then ended up back in australia and um, doing some more traveling up and down the East Coast and, um, yeah, up up far north and um, ended up in Sydney.
0: That's right, yep. Spent doing time doing in some Sydney.
2: design there because I got a call um, from another friend who had... A contract for a designer that's just like, oh, can you come here like tomorrow? Yeah. And at that stage, like I said, I was in far north Queensland somewhere. I'm like, ah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of got my big pat back through Sydney the, and arrived. And I was like, can you lend me some office clothes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
3: Colored shirt.
0: So that was an agency that you worked for? Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. So that was actually a really good job. And uh, then I ended up staying in Sydney for I don't know a couple of years after that. Loved it. Loved Sydney, Sydney,
0: you are saying? Yeah. I loved country it. girl from Barry up liked Sydney. Yeah.
2: How does that work? Yeah, I, I don't know. know? <laughs> um, Maybe it's
0: opposites attract. Or
2: I just loved everything about it. I'd move back there in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, to be honest, I think a lot of it had to do with the beautiful weather. Yeah. I've got to remember I've just come from Canada in yeah. minus forty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was really enjoying the weather
0: just um, spent a bit of time in sydney as well i think i think you yeah. had similar thoughts
1: I, yeah i love the weather there i i'd, I'd move back to new, S- new south wales mm. for sure for the weather but um yeah i was on the harbour near piermont so near darling harbour i guess it is gorgeous yeah so i was good. the opposite side of the bridge yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> in north sydney
1: yeah yeah
2: oh, that's a good
0: spot that's a good book We're actually reading a book at the moment called leviathan and it's oh, yeah. um, the short history of Sydney oh, okay. So there's that guy that did the history of London The history of New York And this guy in Australia thought we needed one for Sydney So it's kind of he, he started out Intended to write a really sort of hopeful story about Sydney And you know good intentions and all the rest But it kind of goes into the dark underbelly From oh. day one basically So
2: worth a read. It's got
0: this really dark soul Sydney, So despite its beauty And magnificence Interesting. Where, What's the? Is it worth a read? Oh, absolutely, it's long, it's big but I've just got it in the study there, so.
2: Hmm.
0: But yeah, fascinating insight into the birth of Sydney.
2: Interesting. I felt like that in Scotland. Actually. Yeah. I arrived there and I just had this uneasy. You can
0: sense something dark Like, happening.
2: oh, and I just need to get out of there. I actually, I've actually got goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> oh, really? um, I, arrived, well, I think I was only there for like three or four days when I was traveling. And I was like, I just, need to, I just need to go.
0: Yeah.
2: Couldn't be there. Maybe something in my past. Yeah. It's after
0: reading this book, you just re- you realize how it's such a miracle that we are even in Australia. Like the the pain and the anguish and the mm. they were just tough as nails no back then. So yes, or if you weren't tough, you are kind of RIP basically. So mm. I don't think the average lifespan was very long in Sydney back in the day. But yeah, it just it's a fascinating insight. So do you take inspiration from your travels? So you talked about Scotland just then.
2: Um. Absolutely, and I do inadvertently, I guess. Like sometimes, when I first kind of started getting into painting more seriously, I I even had to ask myself, like, where where do I, where does all this come from? Like, I, I, I don't know. I just I just paint. Um, but yes, absolutely, inadvertently, it, it's so much so much of that and more. I love to travel, as as we've discussed, and I love nature and I love. Camping and I love um, my home, and I love the beach in Sydney. Like, there's so many elements of it, and it, a- absolutely, that, that all kind of impacts on, on me and who I am, and I guess what comes out the other end of the brush. Yeah. And how
0: long in Sydney did you say in the end?
2: A uh, couple of years.
0: A couple of years, and then mm-hmm. made the move back south to straight to Geelong in the south coast.
2: No, I actually, oh, everyone's getting a really good rundown of Sydney. <laughs> um, I this went is like, This
0: is your life. Fred, this yeah. is
2: your life, Alison White. Um, I went from Sydney and I actually went to Germany for a few months. Germany. And uh-huh. uh, travelled there for a little while. I, in between um, talk work.
0: About, I'll let you go, but talk about dark underbellies. <laughs> like
2: yeah, 100%. Dark souls Yeah, yeah. Berlin, There's, perfect example. So if the walls could talk specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... When I first took a year off from university and traveled around Australia when I was 18, 19, however old I was, um, I met um, a man who is a quadriplegic and he was traveling around Australia in a bus and he needed a personal carer to travel with. And I um, worked with him for how many months during that time, many years ago. And uh, we stayed friends, and he would give me a call and say, "Hey, I want to go do this trip. Do you want to?" Uh, he lived in Sydney, and uh, do you want do you want to come with me? And we'll go and do this and this and this. So we kind of jumped in his big thirty seater bus, which was gutted out um, for him as a, as a quadriplegic to uh, for his needs, and um, I drove the bus, and there was yeah. another lady who there was two carers usually, me and another lady. And, um, just because we'd done it before and worked well together and become friends. So, and usually if I was at university, it worked well because it was, I'd get some time off during university and we'd, um, go on some travels. So, uh, he at that stage had met a lady from Germany and, uh, he wanted to have his first international trip and meet her family so he gave me a call and said what what are you doing
3: (laughs) do
0: you want to come to germany (laughs) octoberfest
2: yeah so uh we went over there and bought a vehicle and um gutted same thing gutted it all out and um made it made it
0: home True german style
2: you know what it probably was because it was very near volksburg which is oh, yeah, home of all oh, I did yeah. the tour. Mhm. all where they're made, and now I own one. <laughs>
0: oh, <really? Yeah. laughs> Got the combi the oh, a combi or family? Love a
2: combi. Joel, my partner, would love a combi. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So no, so that's why I was in Germany. So I travelled with him for um, I don't know how long, three or four months, around Germany and a few other places. Um, and then came back and at that stage I'd started a new relationship with my now partner Joel.
0: Joel, big shout and, out to Joel, um, He's a good hi man. Hi He
2: won't listen to this, we could say whatever we like. Does he
0: listen to podcasts?
2: <laughs> I don't know if he knows what a podcast is. No, that's me.
0: Um, <laughs> Tell him we were talking about it and he'll listen in.
2: Hi, hi Joel.
0: Actually, um, I'll come to Joel in a minute but I'll let you keep going.
2: Um, So he was living on the Gold Coast at that time. So when I flew back from Germany, I moved to the Gold Coast and stayed with him for a little while. And um, he was the one who decided that uh, he got offered a a position back in his hometown of Maryborough uh, that he wanted to pursue for a year with his football. Um, So we both moved back down and that's what brought me back to Melbourne. He moved back to Maryborough, which I decided I wasn't going to... um, (laughs) Moved there with him, so I moved back to Melbourne and actually moved in with some old high school friends, which was a oh, hoot. Cool.
0: And then eventually made it down to On the Geelong, surf Coast. Yeah,
2: and then um, you've
0: actually gone full circle, haven't you? So haven't country, I? yeah, um, off to Canada, mm-hmm. off to the UK, Germany, yep. back to Melbourne. I can't even keep up now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> And then
2: in between, so after he did his year stint, his 12-month stint, we took uh, seven months off and travelled around South America. So it it wasn't until we came back that we were like, where are we going to go? We need to decide. So um, we decided to give Geelong a shot.
0: And loved South America. I was just going to say, I couldn't think of two more polar opposites like yourself and Joel. Do you find you guys, (laughs) like, Joel, in terms of, we're very different. Arts and mm-hmm. creativity and the rest, he's a he's a really smart guy, hard worker, but obviously he's supportive of what you do. Does he get into the creative side of what you do? And-
2: um, I would say no, although, um, when was it? In between the lockdown period, you know how there was a, a couple of weeks where we were free to do things <laughs> uh, or more free? Um Joel's mum offered to have our children and we had a date night which was uh, very unlike us. It's not the most romantic couple Thanks. and um, I do painting classes which we haven't talked about yet but um, I offered to do a painting class for him Yeah. so we painted each other's portraits oh. and uh, I was very impressed with the outcome even though we may have... Uh, tried to put my boobs in there, <laughs> but um, I was very impressed with his painting, and he took it very seriously, and he, he even said he had a good time, and um, that he would like like to do it again so he can improve. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's So that cool. just shows all men out there, come yeah. and do a painting class, they're fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's been a really common thing. Like We've had lots of really creative people on the podcast, and then we're like, who's your partner and they'll talk briefly about their partner like they don't listen to podcasts like he's a carpenter or really? a chippy or something like it just seems to be these polar opposites of people yeah,
2: yeah right
3: I interesting
0: apart from our, our husband-wife co- combos like Alimo and or Caroline and Ed from Max Lead Fashion who aren't mm-hmm. married yet but um, been in a relationship for a couple of years mm. it seems to be a common thing yeah.
2: so. I do occasionally ask him if I get really stuck or at the start I used to what do you think of this or you know, I'm really stuck here, I don't know what to do, or, and he says, I, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it, so, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully he tunes in now. We've been talking about him for a couple of minutes. That's right. <laughs> and your sons, so you get your sons involved in art and creativity? Yes, they love it. I, I know w- your son Jarrah paints with you a lot, is it? Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, I would love them to paint more. I have this amazing romantic notion that, I'll be up in my studio and I'll be painting, working on my stuff and they'll just be quietly on the floor working on their things. But the reality of it is so far different from that. They're just, it lasts for about two minutes and they're, mum, we need more paint. Mum, just change our water. Mum, this brush doesn't work. Mum. And I don't get to work on my stuff. And no. they just demand for me to change their, <laughs> their water and paint. And if I ever try to give them any instruction, no we know what we're doing i don't want to do i don't want to use that color i want to use this okay so i i am literally just the um paint pourer and the water changer
0: (laughs) do do they have a style or they're
2: amazing that's what's the most frustrating thing they're actually both really good and uh jarrah's definitely got got a uh, great eye uh as does frankie but um a little while they love to do I've kind of got bits of cardboard and a few different canvases, and they they can't really understand why I can't just give them all my big canvases because that's really what they want to yeah. paint on. Yeah. Um, but they may only do a few things on the on the page, and I say, you know, I think you should need to fill it out more or do no, no, that one's done. Yeah, I'll do the next one now. Thank you. <laughs> um, so they love it, and uh, they've now decided that um, well, if you sell your paintings, I don't understand why I can't sell my paintings. Yeah. And uh, Joel has suggested that, oh, well, maybe you could sell, you might get $2 a painting. And Dara's <laughs> like, um, what about $10? How yeah. <laughs> about you just calm down? Don't try <laughs> to sell him short. So he actually painted um, a lovely piece for his great-grandmother in her uh, nursing probably. home while she yeah. was in lockdown. And um, she must have caught wind of his plan. And she sent him uh, a $5 bill for uh. his. And he was, yes, the lights are <laughs> going off in his head and he's yeah. well maybe i could set up a stall out the front of the house
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well five dollars still goes a long way for a how old is he five five year old so you can buy i don't know what could you buy for five dollars you buy, buy a, ten frogs yeah how much of frogs those yes.
2: those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it depends where you
0: go actually my <laughs> nana used to give us she passed away a couple of years ago but she used to give us a five dollar note with our Christmas card each year, right up until we were, yep. I don't know, mid-thirties, so.
2: Yeah, I remember getting a $5 note for my in, in a birthday card and being so excited when I was little, and mum was like, straight in the bank, what, Yeah. can I, can I please, <laughs> no, you need to save it, <gasps> into the Dolomite account.
0: <laughs> well, that's good that your influence is rubbing off on the boys, and I know you guys spend a lot of time at Ocean Grove as well, so surf coast along, you spend a lot of time on the Surf Coast, obviously. Is that part of the inspiration
2: yeah, for some well, of your works? Yeah, well, we live pretty close to the bay in Geelong. Yep. Um, well, and you guys I, are
0: very close. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, and um, I remember when I first started painting, I just I actually needed to go away from blue because all I was using was blue, and I was I couldn't quite understand like why have I got so much blue? And oh well, I guess I I do walk along the bay probably every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Like I keep saying, I guess it's like inadvertently um, very much a part of my influence. Yeah. So, cool. and what inspires me, or all, all, you know, the just movement, flow, nature, you know, everything that surrounds you, I guess, and taking the time to notice it and admire it, and yeah, yeah. see is the beauty your, in it.
1: Is that your creative process to get outside, go for a walk, and then start painting, or?
2: Yeah, I guess it is. Um, Sometimes, to, to be honest, I don't know that I have a process. I think it's more that when I have time. Yeah. So if I have a minute for, away from the kids or the kids are, uh, you know, if if <laughs> they go to their grandma's for 10 yeah. minutes or, or the da- dad's home and they're playing, I'm like, right, I can have half an hour and I just – um time is such a precious thing as a mother (laughs) yeah when i've got the time i go for it so um ideally it would be nice to kind of get in the nice tranquil headspace (laughs) to prepare myself but it's not always the case
0: yes i was going to key in on that actually for the interview and just realized we've already gone 40. oh really see that's because i talk a lot it's gone quick apologies everyone. story on podcast (laughs) but um no i think it's been a great chat is it possible for a working mum to be both a mum, dedicated mum, and an artist, and a Absolutely. wife, and all the above.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think it comes down to what's important to you, or what's what to prioritise. when I first had kids, I was I was really worried about um, how I'd cope mentally as a mum, um, because I did have a lot of freedom beforehand and um as as we've established like a creative outlet and i was really concerned that i wouldn't have that um which is kind of when my studio was born really um and i was encouraged to to start painting again and i still remember the first blank canvas i was stared at um under lots of pressure in my own mind from myself because it had been that long since i'd done it Um, But I'm really thankful that I had that creative outlet in my studio when I was a new mum because I really believe it's important that mums need to have something for themselves because it's so easy to get lost in being mum or just mum because, you know, you've you've got such a little person relying on you 100% consistently. All the time, and it's just, it's hard. It's really hard work. Being a mum is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, um, and it can be really draining and really um, easy to lose yourself in. So I think for me, I was, I, I'm really lucky to have my art and my painting and my studio as, as a bit of something that's me as, as a, um, yeah, so it. Something on the side to initially is how it started. Something on the side to um, escape into, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it was hard to drag myself up there because there were so many other things I should have been doing or thinking about. Or um, I did sleep, so I probably should have been sleeping in retrospect. But of um, a night time when I'd put the baby to bed, I'd go up and paint. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really thankful that i'm really thankful that i had that space so while it's hard sometimes to to juggle all of that and um i just think you kind of have to keep coming back mentally and asking yourself what what makes you happy and and how you prioritize those things in your life um Mm. is it better to go and do the laundry probably not it'll (laughs) still be there um don't get me wrong i you've still got to do those things at some stage. But yeah. if you've got a few minutes to yourself, like yeah. go and do what makes you happy. Go yeah. sit outside in the sun. I did a lot of that. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. read a book for five minutes or just do something for your sanity. Yeah. It's it's really important. Yeah.
0: I think there be a lot of mums rejoicing after hearing that. And I know it's been a big thing. Like we've considered having kids, um, myself and Jess, and it's a big thing. I think I, I get the feeling it's, creative pursuits and all the rest. It's one thing you give up on when you start becoming a mum or a dad. Um, I think much to your own demise sometimes.
2: Absolutely. Like it's,
0: yeah, sure, yeah. it's a matter of time and all the rest. But, yeah, I think giving up on it and sort of putting it aside mm. for the sake of your kids. But as you said, you need something that's 100% you. Yeah. And you all over.
2: And I think you kind of do come a bit full circle too, like as parents too, because obviously at first it's just your whole world's turned upside down. Um, and everything you used to do, all that time you used to have for yourself is is no longer there and, and your whole world are your children um, right. because they have to be because they rely on you. Um, so I think it's something that does kind of end up coming full circle and a lot of the people in my life now or a lot of my peers um, that are in a similar field or looking at changing their career paths or whatever are are newer mums that have had the time off their initial work and have had time at home with their children and then had time to reflect about actually what is it that I really want out of my life? What is it that makes me happy? Is it, you know, that job that I've always been doing just to get an income or is there something more that I want out of my life? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people kind of going on that journey.
0: Yeah. And then of course there's obviously the bad days when everything turns to rubbish and yeah how do you deal with the bad days
2: oh god they're frequent to be honest frequent they they are frequent um
0: so if you're an artist how do you deal with it it's a matter of getting used to it and accepting that you're going to have bad days
2: yeah absolutely absolutely not
0: not thinking i'm going to work out a schedule and a routine where i'm not going to have a bad day i'm going to be inspired all the time it doesn't work like that
2: certainly doesn't and um, especially I mean maybe I'm fortunate to be like I don't don't do schedules I don't do routines very well at all I'm kind of the opposite Um, there's not a lot of planning in my life which is a really sad thing to admit but um, um, yeah the bad days I guess they can be harder not just because you don't get to complete a painting or you don't get the physical time in but mentally um, I've found it quite a struggle um, because you, as I say, you're so time poor, so you kind of, if you've only got, if you've got an afternoon to paint and your mind's just not in it, you're flee and this is what I was supposed to be doing, and I haven't achieved anything, and I I could have had this done, but I haven't done that, and it's, yeah, it is a constant, for me, um, it is a constant juggle with that. but the more you do it, the more you realize that's just life, and yes. that's just going to happen. And especially yes. as a creative, and I went through stages with like at the start of lockdown, I didn't paint for months because I just couldn't. I I had no motivation. I yes. just kind of go upstairs and stare. So I keep saying upstairs, my studio's upstairs. Um, but I just kind of stare at a canvas
0: and. <laughs> It was definitely a feeling of, you know, uh, what's the point, wasn't it?
2: I, and I didn't even know like I was the world in it. It mm, didn't even right. know I was in it until afterwards when yeah. I was able to reflect on it, I think. And look back. Yeah. Um, but then all of a sudden I was good and I, I, I couldn't you couldn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the bad days, I think, instead of going up there and smashing out, like, a lot of painting, I, I, if I'm not in the moment, I might... I might tidy my studio, which yep. it, it really does seem to help like with a mental blank, I guess, a little while ago, actually last weekend, um, my studio was such a mess that I was actually pulling paintings out of it and going into another room to paint because I just couldn't fit in there. And um, I was putting it off basically. And then I was, nope. And I, in a spurt of a moment, I kind of grabbed everything and just chucked it all out. And then later that day I was like, Oh what have I done? It's gonna take me days to put yeah. it back together. But that was that was the idea. So I've um put it back together now and um
0: Do you still paint in the very loft? Very loft at your house. I do, yeah, yeah. It's quite a cool little space to yeah. get creative and yeah.
2: I um do some good works. Had some wonderful plastic down to protect my carpet, which didn't protect it at all so i've just done the big step of pulling all the plastic off, and i'm like it is what it is sorry joel <laughs> there's paint everywhere oh
0: we forgot to mention your two big dogs One. 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 I'm edward sorry, he's the size of two ed he's massive edward he he's he like is. a small shetland pony he's huge yes he's. My... He, uh, i was just trying to think of ed up there rummaging around in the yep. paints, and does he get up there he has he, he
2: does he's my studio buddy so whenever i'm up there he comes and lays beside me Um, But he's starting to be banned because he's having zero respect for my canvases. Mm. And lately, he used to be very careful, and lately if I've got some drying on the floor, he'll just stand on them all (laughs) as he walks away and kind of looks at me like, what?
0: Just as a final signature.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I um, have recently redone my website, and I had a photographer come and take some photos, which is very daunting, but great. And he wouldn't leave me alone with a photographer. Oh, really? Uh, every time he was, they, they were like, "Okay, you, you, you've got to get the dog out of the shop," and he just wouldn't. He so he's in just about every photo.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, very yeah. protective.
0: And we touched on touched on a lot of inspiration. So, any individuals that inspire you in business and life? Do you do you consider your so you, you've got obviously got your artwork and it sells to people and you know there's cash coming in. Do you look at it as a business or do you look at it? as art and if you sell something it's a bonus
2: um i recently kind of made that switch in my brain maybe the start of the year when um, i was doing some more um steady freelance design work and that kind of dried up with covid and uh somewhere along the line i went well if if you want more of a career out of this you need to make it a business Um, and you need to get your business hat on. So uh, that's kind of been something in the last, since COVID hit, I guess, that um, has changed my mindset. And it's really hard because I think as a creative, um, it's so much of your heart and soul that you're just kind of bleeding out there for everybody to have an opinion on. And that was kind of the initial really difficult step with Instagram because, you know, you've done, you, you've spent so many hours on this piece of artwork that you've just put so much into and then yeah. you're like putting a photo up saying, hey, what do you guys think of it? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, oh, do people like it? Does anyone gonna comment on it? Is, is somebody, got, you know, mm. it's just such a, um, so there's so many of those kind of hurdles that I think in retrospect took me time to get over yeah. um, and to kind of, put yourself out on a platter for everybody to have an opinion about um, was very hard for me at first. So uh, I think now, yeah, definitely, I uh, it is my business um, and it is something I really want to continue with. And um, I've kind of branched out in a few different avenues and as well. So I do painting classes, oh,
0: yeah. yep. um,
2: which are a great load of fun, which have obviously stopped through COVID, mm-hmm. but um, yep. great for... Parties or groups of people, or um, hen's days, like special birthdays, those sorts of things. Um, And like I said, that that was a kind of another offshoot as well of being able to expand being an artist, I guess, Um, as well as I've gotten into painting murals. Okay. So. um, No,
0: that was a big thing for our guest last week, Jake Ross. A lot of his work comes from murals, so that's where yep. a lot of his attention comes from too. Yeah, so they've become
2: one. really popular, yeah. which is fabulous. lots I
0: mean, of old country kind of towns art. are trying to get rid of those dark alleyways and things, aren't mm. they? So the old silos and everything around regional Victoria. Yeah, it's it's getting a makeover. So
2: it's fabulous, mm. really. Is that you know everyone's kind of really embracing um, the arts and just wanting to have it as a you know representation and having their walls just speak, yeah. <laughs> which which is wonderful. So um,
3: Maybe
0: just think of that guy in Warrnambool that painted, did he paint something on the train bridge? And it went viral. It just, was he people woke that, up and there was this amazing artwork on the train bridge.
2: Was that the one that, um, it was somebody who just did it yeah. in, in um, grey lead or something yeah. really random or charcoal okay. because he wanted to practice. Yeah. And then there was a local worker yep. yeah, that came along and saw it. it. No, so yeah, with off. the um, non-graffiti removal, yes. whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so it's there forever. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that an That's awesome it. story? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And apparently Warrnambool's sort of catching on to the idea of yeah. doing more murals and a lot more artwork around town yeah. just to liven up things like an old train bridge. So yeah, yeah,
1: wonderful. Some and
0: people obviously against it, but...
2: They're definitely popping up everywhere, even around Geelong and um, yeah, wherever yeah. you go, people are kind of... You see a new one, so yeah. Anyone's got a wall, need someone <laughs> to paint it. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have got a big blank wall in the, in the hallway there, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've actually painted my kitchen.
0: We'll get you. A mural. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. say that on. It must be social media or something. So, I saw your house looks completely different.
2: Yeah, Joel went away for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Look what the kids and I did. Um, although now we're painting our house. White. The kids think it's very boring. Uh, Why can't yeah. we just paint a big rainbow over here? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if Jarrah had his way, it'd be completely yeah, different. Yeah.
2: Rainbows everywhere.
0: And Jess um, had a, our big question about creativity. Jess.
1: Um. So we just asked this question to everyone. Uh, do you think creativity is a matter of nature or nurture? So. Uh,
2: both. Yeah. Definitely both. Um. I think you definitely have to nurture it for it to evolve. Yeah. Um, like everything, like you have to practice to be—I don't know about good at something, but you have to practice it to 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 make it evolve, to make it something. But you've got to have the desire and the will there. Yeah. To want to do that, to prioritize that. Yeah. So, if that's what you call nature and nurture, then then yes, I think you need both. Right. It, because while i think anyone can draw if you sit down and do the same drawing every night you are obviously going to get better at it but if you don't have the desire to do it then you're not going to want to do that
1: yeah yep
2: so i think both are kind of almost equally important so whatever your nature is whether it's photography whether it's Rollerblading, yeah. whether yeah. it's whatever it is, you've got to have the desire to, to want to keep doing it.
0: To work yeah. work at it daily,
2: mm-hmm.
0: daily, or whenever you have the inspiration. I know a lot of gurus out there say you should create every day, no matter what, how you feel, and all the rest. But a lot of people say, other people say, you know, just wait until you've, you know, you're feeling it yeah
2: like when we were talking about down days before sometimes if my paintings there are days that I'll go up and paint and I'll just make everything worse and I have to recognize that and stop and then I may get some pad pads and pencils out and just do something completely different just just because just to see what else because as as we were saying I like to experiment and see what else there is and I may not have
1: yeah.
2: Done it yet? Yeah. Yeah. So it is good just to practice other techniques and flows, and or I might get on the computer and do some website updates or some yeah yeah
0: Instagram. And just to finish off, we've covered a lot of advice throughout the episode. I think the people will really appreciate your openness and transparency. So thanks, Al, for being so honest and, and keeping <laughs> I it raw. Think you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Give it having your life story on a podcast, it's not yeah. easy. But um
2: haven't we just
0: I think a lot of people will appreciate your story, but um you get a lot of people sort of in a situation where they're, you know, they've got a, a little creative hobby or a pursuit that they wanna go further with, perhaps wanna go full time. You're obviously making that transition slowly yourself and got uh, aspirations to be a full time artist, creative down the track. What would you be what would be your number one piece of advice for you know, people that, um, actually, maybe we we'll just make it specific for mums, So, For a creative lady, female, what's your number one piece of advice who, you know, maybe having kids in the next couple of years or plans to have kids, plans to have a family, what's your number one piece of advice for them to continue down that creative path? Do it. Do it.
2: Just do it. There's so many reasons why we make excuses in life not to do things. But at the end of the day, there's not enough time for that. So just do it. And remember to have fun because I think that's something that like, especially with social media and especially in today's day and age, we having to document everything and be critiqued and judged and don't just, just do it, just have fun. And remember that that's the purpose. Um, you know, pick up the paintbrush. If you can't, if, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I don't have space, I don't have the time. I know an amazing friend of mine who's a mum and full-time uh, teacher and she paints in her kitchen um, yeah. on her table and packs it up every night and, uh, you know, just just do it. If you can't paint, draw. If you can't draw, take photos. Like just do whatever it is that helps you be creative if that's what the desire is yeah um
0: so do it and don't let go of it
2: yeah and don't don't be scared i would say don't be scared that you're not going to be any good because there's all times when we're all not any good um yeah just just have fun with it and do it for you like you don't have to do it for everybody else to see. just do it for you and and play
0: actually i'm going to take that advice because i've just bought a new water housing and a new camera so you're going to do a lot more ocean photography, surf yeah. photography, but there is that reluctance. It's like, oh, am I good enough to do this? Like, am I just, you know, trying yeah. a little bit too hard? Or, yep. but you just got to get out there in the ocean and yeah. do it.
2: And if you're enjoying it, then yeah. that's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, I still question myself every day. Am I good enough for this? Is yeah. anyone going to want to buy this? Is this okay? But hmm. no, absolutely. Like if they don't, they don't. And yeah. you know what? You do another one. Yeah, I
0: and get And you just that. keep but, going. I get that voice can come on to sell that camera, like you spent a fortune on that, you're not using it, so Yeah. What's the point in having it?
2: Yeah. And that's the way I've definitely go through those moments like in my studio, like, you know, nobody's bought that, maybe it's not good enough, maybe I should just do something completely different because it's 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 not what people want or, or paint something and say, Oh, this one is going to be amazing and it will get no interest and I like I can still never pick that but um at the end of the day if your if your heart's happy and your mind's happy doing it then then do it
0: i think great advice for the ladies out there and for well and guys for like me yeah
2: and for men for everyone that's
0: not discriminative for the guys as well so yeah, yeah i think great advice but um oh it been a great chat um we've gone just over an hour but thanks very much for being so honest and Whereabouts can we go to follow your story?
2: Thanks so much for having me. Sorry for over chatted. I do love a chat. If anyone wants to chat, <laughs> give me a call.
0: Um, We got a hundred DMs.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so Instagram is like primarily where um, you'll see most of my recent and um, upcoming things. So that is white in color on Instagram. Um, and on my website which is whiteandcolor.com.au you White can shoot me an com email
0: com. i was looking at your website the other day and i see lots of pieces for sale so yes
2: absolutely um if you type in oh my goodness i've forgotten what it is free shipping through uh creative coast pod surf podcast yep <laughs> you'll get free shipping i <laughs> you know oh, what yeah, i'm trying so. to say <laughs> I see. Coast Creative. If there is a, yeah, I've put up a sale. So if anyone is listening to this and um, is interested in painting, you get pre-shipping. So So there's a little
0: discount code there. Yes. So at
2: the end when you're doing your checkout, thanks for sorting me out because obviously (laughs) I wasn't explaining this (laughs) properly. Um, So at the end, if you purchase it and uh, there's an area to put in um, a voucher code, uh, put in... Surf Coast Creatives, and you'll get free shipping.
0: Ah, very nice, we'll put that in the notes to the to the podcast as well, and yeah, the blog article.
2: Explain it properly when it's <laughs> in words. So, uh, yeah. Ma,
0: I know Mum will probably be on there buying another piece. She has one of your pieces at home in Ballarat. She does,
2: yeah, that was a very special piece. I loved working on just that. Just proudly
0: mm-hmm. at home, so she yep. loves that piece. Yeah. So, uh, I'll hand it over to you just to wrap up and tell listeners where they can follow our story.
1: Um, so you can follow our, our story, or all the other guests as well um, on Instagram at Creatives and then the website is surfcoastcreatives.com and you'll find all the information on today's episode all about Al on there and yeah that's it we'll wrap it up. Ben you can wrap it up.
0: <laughs> oh you're wrapping up? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's all our resources there, the blogs, Uh, our full podcast feed or the last 10 episodes you can find it there so getting a lot of traffic to the website actually it's just growing month to month by itself which is great to see in addition to our social media and stuff so Al thanks again today we've had a really difficult week so you've managed to make us laugh and put a smile on our face so we really appreciate it. Thanks so much
2: for having me. Thank you. I loved it.